News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. And welcome to it. It is uh, eight minutes after seven o'clock. We are ready to go. We hope you are as well. Get your learn on. Employment Law is what we talk about. The uh, number right now, 613-521-TALK, 613-521-TALK. That's the number to call in, ask your employment law questions. Maybe you're still off on COVID-19, a temporary layoff. Maybe you've lost your job due to COVID-19 or otherwise, or maybe you just want some basic information about employment law, something you've always wondered. You can reach out now, call the station, talk to Leora, get an answer. You can send an email along, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website we always plug, and uh, we like to talk about it quite a bit, refer to it quite a bit as well, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca free anonymous and tons of info on there as well again 613-521-TALK lines open bring it on tonight we're going to talk about uh, what you may not know about termination and severance uh, guaranteed you're not going to know some of the stuff but that's why we do the show how are you pal week that was you got a couple a uh, couple issues to discuss what do you got for us Indeed, I do, John, and uh, always terrific to be back here, terrific to be talking about employment law and workplace rights. So we, we are here, we are live, we are taking your calls and answering your questions, so don't be bashful. Now is not the time to be bashful. Call us right now with your questions, we'll answer them, we'll give you some guidance, some hope, some direction about your workplace rights. Whatever it is that's bothering you, that happened, you lost your job, job changed, boss mistreating you, now is the time to call us with those issues. Uh, but to start off, week that was, a couple situations that came across my desk very recently. Uh, first matter I'll tell you about, I spoke with a lady uh, beginning of the week. She had been uh, at, at work, she had been accommodated because of a medical condition. She needed some modified duties. She was doing that for a number of months. Uh, she needed some assistance because uh, of, a, of a bad back uh, and, and a bad hip. And her employer was fine. They were accommodating her. But one colleague... Uh, decided that he wasn't happy with that, and he took upon it upon himself to to really treat her badly, to harass her, to make comments how she's there's really nothing wrong with her, how she's uh, taking advantage of the company, and slowly but surely, other people started turning against her because this guy that was inciting uh, them. Uh, and it made it for a very difficult and very uncomfortable work environment. So she did what she should have done as she spoke with HR. And I told HR, she told HR what she was going through and she asked for help. Well, as far as she knows, HR may have said something to this, uh, to this guy, but nothing changed. Nothing at all. Wow. In fact, she says that things, if anything, got worse after this. It got to the point now she was talking about going off on a medical leave because of anxiety and stress. And that's when she called me. So here's the thing, John. Uh, we know this hopefully by now that an employee does have a right to work in a harassment-free work environment. The employer has an obligation to make it a harassment-free work environment. And this employer didn't. It had the opportunity to fix the problem, to make sure that, that she's working in a proper environment, and they dropped the ball. They didn't do what they were supposed to. So what does this mean? It means, number one, she now has the right to treat this poisoned work environment as a termination, as a constructive dismissal. It's as if the company has let her go. Now, of course, they're going to have to pay her severance. That's always the remedy when you're the victim of workplace harassment. You may have that option to treat that as a termination. But there's another issue here, potentially. Because of the fact that she was harassed given her medical condition, now it also becomes potentially a human rights issue as well. 
So she may have entitlements to additional damages. So I wanted to remind everyone here, certainly for employees, you shouldn't tolerate harassment. You should speak to your boss or HR, the owner. Give them that opportunity to fix that problem. If they do, wonderful. If they don't, let me know about it. Let's deal with that. And of course, for employers, you have to take these things seriously. You can't ignore it. You can't say, well, you know, you'll deal with it. You have to take decisive measures to ensure that workplace harassment, workplace bullying is eradicated. Again, to call in 613-521-TALK, help at employmentlawyer.ca, the email address. What else we got going on? I spoke with a gentleman that had been off on a disability leave, on a long-term disability leave, for some eight months now. Uh, Up until now, he had been receiving his benefit coverage from his employer, Uh, you know, his health, dental, uh, prescription, all that, no problem. Well, he just recently got a letter from his employer saying, well, you've now been gone for eight months, so that's fine, no problem, we hope you come back at some point, but we're going to cut you off on benefits. We're going to cut off those benefits. So he called me and he wanted to know what his rights were. So here's the interesting, uh, interesting thing about this. His employer did not have to actually continue his benefits when he went off on a disability leave. Benefits are a form of your compensation. And when you're not working, you don't get compensation. So his employer, eight months ago, could have said, we're not going to continue your benefits. But they did. They didn't have to, but they did. When, when your employer does something like that, when they do something they're not required to do, that now becomes a term of employment and they can't take it back. So this employer didn't have to continue benefits, but they did. Once they did, they can't take it back. They can't say, we've changed our mind. We want to cut you off. That's a constructive dismissal. So uh, I'm going to help this person deal with that, but I wanted to remind everyone, if your employer gives you something that they don't have to, like benefits uh, or like the ability to work from home or flexible hours, they don't have to, but once they do, they can't change their mind. They can't take it back. If they take it back, you may have a right to treat that as a constructive dismissal. So that's very, very important to remember. You mentioned working from home, but uh, you know the, the current environment of COVID-19 is, is a different circumstance because the employers have been told to let people work from home, right? Sure. If you're working from home because of COVID, that is something the employer can change their mind about. Absolutely. But there's many employees that have been working from home for a while, even before COVID, you know, either full time or one day or two days. And that's now their term of employment. So that means the employer can't change their mind and say, well, now we want you back in the office five days a week. That will be the type of change, John, that the employer is not allowed to make. And the employee can treat that as a constructive dismissal. Let's keep this rolling. We'll take a quick break here at uh, 7.15. Time for you to grab a phone and ask your question. 613-521-TALK. Don't be bashful. This is how you get answers, and this is how you avoid making mistakes in your work life. 613-521-TALK. That, along with the emails, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And when we come back, what you may not know about termination and severance. That is all on the way. Employment Law Show right here, News Talk 580, Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru on News Talk 580 CFRA. And welcome back. It is 719 right here Tuesday evening. Employment Law Show. Time for you to call in. Plenty of it. 613-521-TALK. That's 8255. 613-521-TALK. Help at employmentlawyer.ca or simply employmentlawyer.ca to 
find a uh, car or at least a link to the uh, the TV show, which we run as well, the Employment Law Show on TV. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca is the website we always refer to, and you can as well. Absolutely uh, free and anonymous and wrapped up uh, with all the information on PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca is also the severance pay calculator which is one of the uh, highlights for sure. Okay, what you may not know about termination and severance, you know, we uh, we talk always about uh, the three big ones, age, length of employment, and position, but there are other factors that go into determining, uh, determining how much severance an employee should get, right? Absolutely. So hopefully our regular uh, listeners know that if you lost your job, the main factors that go into assessing how much you're owed is your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So that the longer you work, the older you are, and the more senior a position you have, the more is owed to you. But those, while they are the main factors, they're absolutely not the only factors. There's quite a few other factors that go into determining what you're owed. So for example, if you're working in an industry that has very few jobs, so it's going to take you longer to find another job, that's a factor that, that's going to go uh, into it. If you're uh, in, you know, in a, a bad economy like we have right now, so again, harder to find another job, that's a factor. If you have a disability, which is going to impede your ability to look for work, that is a factor. If you've been recruited away from another job, you weren't looking to leave, but you were recruited away, that's absolutely a factor. So there's those and many other factors, in fact, that can impact your severance, and most of them would impact it so as to increase severance. Usually anything that speaks to the issue of employability, that speaks or gives us some some guidance as to how long it may take you to find another job, is a relevant factor to consider. That's why, John, it's so important to get that legal advice if you lost your job, because it's far from being as simple as, well, you get a week per year or two weeks per year. You get a heck of a lot more than that, and it's very nuanced. That's why we're here to talk and assess those entitlements. That's why I encourage people to call me. That's why also we created pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. As John said, there's a, a severance calculator feature there that allows you to find out in seconds how much you're actually owed, or at least get a very good assessment of that. So check it out for yourself. Uh, but I'm trying to get you far, far away and removed from this notion that it's, oh, if I lost my job, I get a week per year of service. False, wrong, not even close. Want to make mention as well to reach out when we're not on the air, one 821 5900 But here and now it is 613-521-TALK. Talking about things you may not know about termination and severance. So take it, you know, pull the curtain back for a minute. Describe what an average call that you get from someone that has just been let go who calls you. So I, I speak all day long pretty much with people that have been let go. And, you know, I, I can certainly generalize a bit and give you a sense of a common uh, type of a call that I get. Oftentimes, most times even, when people call me, they're upset about being let go. Okay, They're upset about the fact that their employer let them go because they feel that there was no justified reason or that the employer is really not being honest, and they're very upset about that. And I understand why. I would be as well. But that's where I have to kind of stop them and say, well, unfortunately, the reason you were let go, whatever we may think of that reason, is not really relevant because your employer is allowed to let you go pretty much for any reason as long as severance is paid. So then I direct them to severance. And that's why we spend so much time, by the way, John, on this show talking about severance, simply because from a legal standpoint, that's what matters. If you lost your job, it's really about severance. That's when I I, I ask them some information and find out about uh, what they're owed and, and what they've been offered. 
and I can tell you, you know, kind of pulling back the curtain, then the vast majority of people that I speak to, the vast majority of people that my team speaks to, have been offered pennies on the dollar. You, you, a common situation would be something where someone was offered six months severance and it should have been 14 months severance, or they're offered three months and should have been nine, those types of things. So, and oftentimes people are very surprised to, to learn and understand their entitlements. Uh, but the good news is when it comes to employment law, it's not complicated to assess what you're owed if you know what you're doing. And it's also not complicated, complicated to get what you're owed. That's why it's so, so important to get that advice so that you don't find out when it's too late that you accepted three months severance when it should have been nine months. And initially, people always, I mean, not always, but quite often tell you, you know, I, I, don't, I didn't do anything wrong. How can they let, they can't let me go. I did nothing wrong. I was a, a stellar employee. Can you get me my job back? Yeah, oftentimes people do want their job back and they're upset because they didn't do anything wrong or they may even be upset for something else. Maybe the employer uh, told them that uh, they're being let go because of restructuring, but they find out that the next day they hired someone else. Uh, so the employer is being dishonest. So all these things certainly are, are things that are wrong from an ethical standpoint, no doubt. They're also potentially wrong from a business standpoint. But unfortunately, they're not really wrong from a legal standpoint. Only because from a legal standpoint, your employer doesn't have to have a good reason. Or your employer even doesn't have to be to give you a reason. And if they give you a reason, they don't have to be honest about the reason. So they may tell you uh, we're eliminating the position when that's really false. They're hiring someone the moment you, you walk out of there. That's, that's probably something that doesn't make them good people, but it's not illegal so long as they pay proper severance. So in the vast majority of cases, John, it's not possible to get your job back even right. if you've done nothing wrong at all. It's only about ensuring that you get your full severance. Uh, and for most people, that is a lot of compensation. That could be as much as two years' pay, two years' pay. So while you can't get your job back, you absolutely can get your severance, which is a lot more likely than what you've been offered. Again, phone calls and uh, anything you want to discuss, 613-521-TALK. That is the way to call in here on the show now to the station, 613-521-TALK. How about the size of the company? Does that factor in at all? Does it matter? So there's a, a huge misconception that only large employers have to pay severance or that large employers have to pay more severance than small employers. That is an absolute misconception that's actually false. It's not true at all. The size of the company does not matter. Remember, we talked earlier about the factors that go into assessing severance, your age, position, length of employment, employability. The size of the company is not one of those factors, not at all. So you get severance even if you work for a tiny company with just one employee. In fact, if you're the general manager uh, and you're 50 years old and you work for five years, you're going to get the same severance if you were doing that in a tiny company or a multi-billion dollar international company. It's going to be the same amount of severance. So don't believe that misconception. Unfortunately, if you go online, you, you read from the Ministry of Labor website, you'll find out that uh, severance is limited to big companies. That's wrong. That only applies with respect to a person's minimum entitlements, not their full entitlements. Their full entitlements, also known as their common law entitlements, have nothing, nothing, nothing to do with the size of the company. So if you just lost your job and you're in a tiny company, it's just you and the owner, not only do you get severance, you get the same severance as if you were, you were working for a massive company. So make the call, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca because you're owed severance. 
It'd be so great if the Ministry of Labor would just put a line across the top saying, you know what, this may not be all your road. Uh, you might want to consult, get some legal advice. Or do they have that? I know you fought for that for so many years. They're, they're not doing a, a good job of that at all. <laughs> they're, they're still uh, misleading individuals, providing information that's that's not correct or, or that's incomplete, that's mm-hmm. unfortunate. You know, if you don't believe me, yeah, he, he, here's an exercise for all our uh, our listeners. Right. Here's a scenario I want you to call the Ministry of Labor with. Tell them you've worked for a company for three years, okay, and you, you were let go because of restructuring. Ask them, what am I owed? Uh, they may ask you if you're the only employee that's been let go. Say yes. They will tell you three weeks pay, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Don't believe me? Try it. Call the Ministry of Labor right now. In fact, in that situation, you could easily be owed six months pay. Six months pay. Forget about three weeks, six months pay. It's unfortunate. It's misleading. I I. I don't know what else I can do about it other than use this form that I have here to inform people. So if, now that you know, you, you've heard us, make sure that you don't make that mistake and tell others. If you lost your job, you can't go to the Ministry of Labor. You can go there if you have an overtime issue, a vacation pay issue, a holiday pay issue. Not if you lost your job. For that, you can you have to speak with a lawyer. You don't like me. You don't like my team. Okay, no problem. Speak with another employment lawyer. But whatever you do, do not go to the Ministry of Labor. Reaching out now, 613-521-TALK. We'll take a quick break. That is the number you'll want to use, 613-521-TALK, to talk to Lior here uh, here on the air, help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's our email address we always use, and pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the website. That's all the information you need, free and anonymous. We'll uh, get right back to it. More Employment Law Show is on the way. News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer, Lior Samfiru, on News Talk 580 CFRA. And welcome back. It is 734 on your Tuesday evening. The chance to call in is now 613-521-TALK. To talk to Lior now on air, 613-521-TALK. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address as well. Talking about what you may not know about termination and severance. This would be nice in a perfect world, but does an employer have to be honest as far as the reason for terminating an employee's employment? Now, as, as we were touching on, no, an employer does not have to be honest. Uh, I mean, well, listen, let's take a step back. An employer should be honest. Right. Honesty, you know, as, as our moms always taught us, is always the, the best policy. But uh, from a legal standpoint, an employer does not have to be honest in giving a reason for termination. Uh, it, it, in fact, employer doesn't have to give any reason whatsoever. Some employers simply say, we're going to let you go, and, oh, why are you letting me go? Uh, we're not going to discuss that. Fine. They can do that as long as they pay proper severance. Other employers may give you the, the reason, you know, we want to cut costs, or, you know, we just weren't too happy with the performance over the last 12 months. What have you? They're allowed to, even if we don't like the reason, uh, they're allowed to let you, uh, to, uh, let you go as long as severance is paid. And, of course, the final category, they can give you, I don't know why, but they could give you a false reason. <laughs> so we are uh, cutting costs, but they really want to hire their brother-in-law. So that's that's the real reason. Uh, again, not nice, but legal so long as severance is paid. That's why, you know, when you call me and you talk about losing your job, I'm going to focus our attention on the severance only because from a legal standpoint, mm-hmm. that's the only thing that the law can do for anyone is to make sure that you get the severance that you're owed. 
The website's pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Tons of information there. There's also a contact button at the top right if you want to reach out. And uh, after the show, one 821 5900 is the number anytime. Uh, hear these terms, not so much you, you're pretty consistent with what we call it on this show, but people talk about uh, severance, termination, pay, pay in lieu of notice. Do all these things mean different things or they're all just different ways of saying the same thing? Well, you know, this is something that people get confused about quite a bit. So I'm going to try, I'm going to try to make it as simple as I can. And here's the, the simplest way I can put it. It doesn't matter. Yes, do, the, those things that you've mentioned, termination pay, severance pay, pay in lieu, do have different def- definitions. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. What matters is the amount of compensation that you're owed if you lost your job. Now, if you're owed, let's say, six months compensation, that six months could be comprised of termination pay and severance pay. But it doesn't matter what it's comprised of. What matters is the total amount. So that's what we really are, are focusing on. What is that total amount? I call that the total amount severance. Most employment lawyers refer to that as severance. So that's really all you need to know. Why it's severance and what portion of it is termination pay. Who cares? Does not matter. What matters is the total amount. So that's why when you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, you can find out in our severance calculator the total amount you're owed, the mm-hmm. dollar amount or the number of months that you're owed. That's what really matters. So for you to spend time trying to figure out what is exactly paying pay in lieu of notice and termination pay, it, it's a waste of time. It doesn't help you. It doesn't get you anything else, anything new. Uh, the amount of compensation is all that matters. That's all that uh, it's important. That's all that really the law cares about. That's why we uh, were here, and that's why we created PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. You know, you talk about people should and uh, and must really get their fair severance because chances are they're going to be uh, or they are being undercut big time. But people always say, you know what, I don't want to. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to ruffle any feathers because I'm going to lose what they're already offering me. In other words, they're going to go and say, I need more. They say, oh, yeah, how about nothing? And they're going to take the offer off the table. It's not realistic because a lot of people think that's going to happen. It's not realistic, and it's not going to happen only because the company doesn't get to decide how much they owe you. The law takes care of that. The law makes that analysis and determination. So if the law says you should be getting six months, but they've offered you two months, well, guess what? They can't take the two months off the table. In fact, they're going to have to pay six months. So I wouldn't worry about that at all. I get that asked very often. You're, uh, you've just assessed my severance. You're telling me that I'm owed six months pay. They offered me two, but I'm afraid that if I don't accept the two, they'll take it off the table. Mm-hmm. But again, they can't because they owe you six. And the best example that I've ever been able to come up with is if I say to you, that I owe you $100, or you know that I owe you $100, but I say, I'm only going to pay you $30, but you better accept this by Friday, you're going to look at me like I'm really weird and think, well, no, forget about your $30. You're going to pay me $100 because that's what you owe me. It's the same thing with severance, so do not worry at all about losing that offer. Every severance offer has a deadline. So if you lost your job, the company is offering you some some, uh, compensation, they'll put in there, well, you have to accept this by Monday or by Friday, whatever that deadline is. That deadline is just a pressure tactic. That is all that it is. It's there to make you feel like you have something to lose so that you hurry up and accept the really bad offer that they've made you. That's all that it is. It doesn't matter. Your legal rights don't expire on Friday or on Monday or on Thursday. 
You have two years to pursue those legal rights. So don't fall for that and do not worry about losing because it's about what you're actually owed. And the only one that can make that determination is the law, not the employer. And I guess you know a lot of a lot of people listening to this probably work for a, uh, a fairly decent size, sophisticated employer, which probably have HR, and they're probably fully expecting for people to come back and ask for more severance, whether it be uh, on their own, hopefully not, but with some legal assistance as well. And they're and they're more prepared to do that because they know they have to, really, right? Listen, John, a, a company knows that if they're going to fire uh, ten people today, uh, if they're going to let go ten people and, and offer all ten of them bad severance offers, eight or nine out of 10 are going to accept that because they just won't know any better or maybe they'll be intimidated, so they'll accept that. So these are pretty good odds for the employer. Mm -hmm. That's why oftentimes employers offer inadequate packages because they know that most people will accept them. But they also know there's going to be the one or the two out of the 10. They're going to come back and say, well, wait a second. Oh, I spoke with my my lawyer. They told me I'm owed more and, and that's what I'm owed. And yes, of course they're going to negotiate because they know they owe more money. It's not an option. So you're not going to shock your employer. You're not going to upset your employer. You're not going to do any of those things. I'm a very big believer in not burning any bridges. And when I work for my clients and I, I negotiate severance packages, I do everything in my power to maintain that relationship, not to burn the bridge, to do it in a professional and an amicable way. And not in every case, but in most cases, we're able to do just that. Other than the number of months severance, which is you know hyper focused for a lot of people, what else should an employee consider when they're uh, they're looking at that severance offer in front of them? Right, that's a an excellent excellent point, an excellent question. So it does. It's not just about how many months you are uh, you are being paid six months, twelve months, twenty four months. It's not just that. It's about also what's included in that. And here's what I mean. When you're let go, your severance has to include all components of your compensation. So salary, benefits, bonus, car allowance, pension, stock options, RSP contributions, you name it, it has to be included for the relevant period of time. So yes, your employer is not going to forget about salary, but they may well, quote unquote, forget about the other entitlements and other components of compensation. So if you're owed six months severance, it's not just six months of salary. It's six months of everything. So it's so, so important when you look at that severance package to not just look at how many months the company is offering you, but are they properly addressing all components of compensation? Because if you're owed six months and they say, sure, yeah, we'll pay you six months uh, salary, no problem, that could still be a terrible offer. If they're not also continuing benefits for six months and not giving you your average bonus for six months, car allowance, pension, etc. So it's not just the number of months, it's also what's included in it. And if you simply want to know if something should be included, you ask yourself this question, would I have received it if I'd continued working? And if the answer is yes, I would have, then it has to be included. It's part of the severance as well. Lots to go through here. I want to get to one more before we break, and then I promise to move over some emails. Do all employees get severance regardless of whether they're full-time, uh, part-time? you got junior employees, you got senior employees, because a lot of people think they don't qualify, right? Yeah, and I, I don't know where that comes from. I, I get in, An hour ago, or just before we started the show, I got an email from someone that was part-time and assumed that, that she was not owed any severance when she was let go. Let's be very clear. Full-time, part-time, uh, employees on contract, employees uh, that are temporary employees. If you lost your job, you are owed severance. 
Now, the only time you wouldn't get severance, I guess, in the situation is if you'd signed a contract for a specific period of time, three months, six months, 12 months, a fixed period of time. At the end of that contract, the company wouldn't have to pay you severance because you knew to begin with that you're only going to be employed for that period of time. But beyond that, yes, you do get severance, and certainly part-time employees get severance. And on contract, and those through temp agencies, it's very simple. If you had a job, and now you don't have a job, if you lost it, you're owed severance. It's as simple as that. Let's take a short break and get right back to it. Some emails, as promised. You want to send one along, you got time. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And it's still time for a phone call, if uh, if you if you so desire. 613-521-TALK. Employment Law Show continues. News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samviru on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back, 748. Still a few minutes to go here. We'll get to some email. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca, but still some time for you to pick up a phone and give us a call. Get some answers, 613-521-TALK. In that regard, we'll uh, we'll head over to the phone and talk to uh, to Helen. Hi, Helen. Good evening. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Fantastic. What's on your mind? Um, well, my son-in-law worked for about eight years for a top international hotel, and uh, he started in Toronto and then went to Houston and then to, went to Whistler. And after eight years, he was laid off at a management level. And when he was laid off, they told him, yes, he could take severance, but if he did, that he would never be able to work for them again. And if he didn't take severance, if he waived his right to have it, um, then in the future, if one day there was an opening, you know, they might hire him back. So he lost the severance for, you know, eight years' employment full-time. And it just seemed to me that that, that had to be wrong, you know? And uh, can, can employers do that? And um, does he have any recourse? Now, Helen, uh, how long ago did this happen? It was in 2015. So that's the unfortunate part. The unfortunate part is he's now out of time to do anything about it because there's a, a two-year limitation period. Oh. What you've described is completely illegal. In fact, he cannot agree to to uh, waive his severance, just like he can't agree to accept less than minimum wage. It's not possible. Really? So uh, what what they've done there is completely illegal. I mean, in so many respects, it would take me a long time just to even list those those ways that it was illegal. He oh. was owed severance. It's it's not. He can't waive the severance. They have to pay. It. It's not an option. Oh. The unfortunate thing, and that's where kind of it really you know breaks my heart to have to say this, is that because it's been five years now, uh, Helen. Unfortunately, he can't do anything about it. And so if there's any consolation here, it's the fact that I think by you telling this story and us discussing it, hopefully others who may find themselves in similar situations will know what to do or at least not to wait. Uh, because, no, that, what this hotel did, you said it's a large hotel. They really should know better. Yeah, uh, completely illegal. Chain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad to know that that was illegal, you know, and also I think it's terrific information that you're giving in this program not only for us, but for everybody listening. So thank you. Thanks, Helen. 
Okay. Thank you, Hal. Appreciate the uh, the kind words. That's exactly why I've been doing the show for so long, just to clear up any misconception and uh, you know pull back the curtain, get the information out there. Still got some time to call six one three five two one talk, just like Helen did. Pick up that phone. Now she knows the answer she's been wondering about for five years. Email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Martin, you're up first. Says, uh, guys, after 10 years with the company, my last two performance reviews have not been so good. I'm afraid that the company is going to let me go. What can I do? So remember what I had said, uh, you know, 10 minutes or so ago is that his employer can let him go. Uh, Regardless of whether it's been 10 years, one performance review that's not good or, or more, they're allowed to let him go. It's a question of severance. Now, the only way his employer could avoid paying him severance is if they can establish that they have cause. To have cause, they have to show that he did something so bad that it made it impossible to continue employing him. And the reality is, after 10 years, two negative performance reviews is not going to be cause. For it to be cause, they would almost have to show that he was doing such a terrible job that it was pretty much on purpose that he was doing it. was sabotaging the company. That's how difficult it is to establish cause. So while I, I, I never suggest, obviously, that you should not do a good job, not at all. You should always do your best. But the fact that you may not have had as good a year or as good a, a fiscal year as, as you would want to does not mean that the company has the right to let you go without compensation, without severance. So for him, obviously, if, if he agrees that the performance reviews were accurate, I'll maybe send a short note letting him know I'm gonna, you know, pull up my, uh, you know, roll up my sleeves, get to work, and make sure that the next one is better. And obviously, do your best. Uh, if he doesn't agree that the uh, performance reviews are accurate, he should say so, say so in writing, uh, and outline why he disagrees with them. But either way, John, he will not be let go for cause. And a very important reminder there for everyone. Even if you may have done something wrong, maybe even a few things wrong, that does not mean that the employer has the right to deprive you of your severance. It's very, very difficult for an employer to establish cause to avoid paying severance. And if you're let go and your employer says, we have cause, we're not paying you severance, you really got to pick up the phone and call me right away. That number, by the way, is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You want to have a conversation outside of the hour of the show? Do uh, do it that way. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Chuck, you're up. Your email help at employmentlawyer.ca. Chuck says uh, I've been trying to return back to work from a disability leave for the past month. I'm not getting any response from my employer. Now, what do I do? Well, an employer number one, when when you're coming back from disability leave, number one, the employer has to make all reasonable efforts to bring you back. They have to search for the appropriate role, whether it's your usual role or maybe you need accommodation. They have to find a way to accommodate you. So number one is that. They have to engage in that process. If they don't, and this employer is avoiding doing that, they're not getting back to him, they're not working to try to find a way to bring him back, that in and of itself can be considered a termination. It could also potentially be considered a human rights violation. If they're not interested in bringing him, uh, bringing him back because he was suffering from a disability or a serious medical condition, that's illegal. They can't do that. So there's a huge problem there. The only time a company doesn't bring back an employee from a disability leave is if they've tried to find a role, they've made all efforts, and they legitimately can't find anything anymore, then they can let the person go with severance. So Chuck, you want to call me as soon as possible. Let's have a chat about that because what you've described is, is absolutely illegal.
Chuck, appreciate the email. That number again, one 821 Marge is up next. Marge says, guys, my computer just offered, my company, rather, just offered me a promotion, which I, I don't want to accept. I uh, would like to know if they can fire me for rejecting this promotion. So, again, going back to what I said earlier, can they let her go for rejecting the promotion? The answer is yes, they can, because the rule, as, as we've said all along, is your employer can let you go pretty much for any reason as long as they pay you severance. So Marge's employer can let her go, as, as, even though I agree that sounds somewhat silly. She doesn't want the promotion, so we're going to let her go. Yeah, they can do that, but of course they're going to have to pay her her full severance. What they can't do is say, oh my gosh, you're such a, uh, you're not a team player that yeah. you, we, we think we have cause to let you go. That's nonsense. That's ridiculous. What they may be able to say is, well, we needed you in this other role. There's no other role for you. So, okay, we're going to let you go, but they have to pay severance. So, Marge, can they let you go? Sure. But absolutely, you have to get every dollar of your severance. Bill, uh, you've heard this email for from Bill, and this one always builds tension for people. Bill says, uh, Leora, I've been called into a meeting coming this Friday with my boss. Great. I believe they're going to let me go. Can I do something about it? Well, obviously, I don't know much about Bill's situation, but I can tell you that if you have a sense that the meeting they're calling you to is, is to let you go, you're probably right. All right? It's, yeah. If your, your, your spidey sense is telling you that you know, this is a termination meeting, more often than not, in my experience, you're probably right, and that's what's going to happen. Now, the reality is that there's not much that you can do to avoid it. And what I don't want Bill to do is, for example, go off on a medical leave. Say, I know what to do. If I can't be at the meeting because I'm on a medical leave, they can't let me go. I, I, I figured it out. Now, unfortunately, that's not going to work. The, if the decision's been made, they're still going to be able to let you go. So that, that's not really going to help at all in that situation. Instead, what you should do is, if you believe Friday is your last day, make sure you have copies of relevant documents that we may need to look at after you're let go. For example, your employment agreement. Have a copy of that handy. Uh, you know, find it. Go to HR, get a copy. You know, make sure you you know where it is. Any uh, policies with respect to bonus or compensation uh, or, or stock options. Any any documents like that we'll need to look at to review to ensure that you get your full compensation. If there's anything else, other correspondence, other materials that you think are going to be relevant, let's make sure you have them. Obviously, I don't want you taking any confidential information from the company. Absolutely not. But anything that that you think is relevant to assessing what you owed. That is something you should make sure that is available to you. If you know it's happening on Friday, you have a couple of days to do that, so that way you're ready. But that's all you can do. Once you're in that meeting, they're going to hand you a piece of paper. That's your severance offer. You're, gonna, you're not going to even look at it. Don't bother until you get home. Get home. Uh, maybe have a, a drink to kind of clear your head, and then take a look at that, and then reach out to me so we can discuss it to make sure that you get everything that you wrote. But don't try to avoid that meeting. It's just not going to work. Bill, appreciate the uh, appreciate the email. Hope that answers some of your questions. If not, uh, move on to the phone call as we uh, wrap it up here for another show. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's the number you want to use. The email address we've been using is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the website for all this information that you can read up on your own. There's contact information there as well, but it is an anonymous. Uh, Browsing, if you want to do that, have a look at all the information there. Just simply close off your browser, no problem. And then uh, finally, employmentlawyer.ca. Go there to find uh, links to our TV show as well. So we'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show on News Talk 580 CFRA. 